Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down the latest in reality TV and pop culture. How you doing? I'm sweating like a... I always say... I shouldn't say I always say because it's not like I'm sweating like this every day of my life, but anytime that I'm sweating this bad, I say I'm sweating like a pig on a rotisserie stick, and that's exactly what's happening right now. I have no idea why I'm sweating so bad. I Actually, I do know why. I accidentally left my heater on for like five hours this morning while I was at work. I have no idea why I decided to do that. So if you're watching on YouTube today and you're like, why is she sweating so bad? That's why. But anyways, welcome. How's it going? We have a lot to discuss today. We finally got the Bachelor breakup confirmation. We got Bachelor babies. We've got bombshell episodes of Below Deck. All of that and more on this week's MPT. But let's go ahead and start with this week's pop three. These are the biggest headlines in reality TV and pop culture. Tarek El Moussa has himself in a mess right now. And I haven't seen a lot of pop culture pages talking about this, but he's being accused of evicting long-term tenants in this North Hollywood apartment complex, some elderly, some disabled, because he's doing a flip project. So he got on his social media and posted this video saying, I'm so excited to be flipping this apartment complex. It's the biggest flip in my life. And the tenants are like, hello, we still live here. There's now eviction notices on the door. What's going on? Not only that, the tenants, when I tell you everything that has happened to these tenants with their former landlord, who's now in jail, by the way, you're going to be like, what? I mean, just one in particular, the former landlord trying to burn the building down while the tenants were in it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. And then while that landlord was awaiting trial, Tarek signed on to flip this apartment complex. It is wild. It is confusing. There's a lot of layers to it. Um, Tarek is saying he's not evicting anyone. So let's break down all of the details because there are a lot, but this one's juicy. So on July 13th, Tark posted a video to his Instagram. Like I said, he says, I've been flipping houses a long time. And this project is hands down the biggest flip I've ever done. It's a 16 unit compound on Hartstook Street, 
in North Hollywood, and he's turning it into a 138-unit building. He says on the rooftop, there's going to be a pool, cabana chairs. I mean, just an incredible location, an incredible building. And this is Hollywood, man. This is where everybody wants to live. So Tark posts this on his Instagram. And not long after, the tenants of this building started speaking out, specifically on this Instagram called Heartstook period tenants on Instagram. And they are saying that Tarek is a part of this plan with their previous landlord to evict them. So according to Vulture, five tenants had previously filed a 53-page lawsuit against their landlord in Los Angeles Superior Court on March 20th for assault, breach of common care, an intentional infliction of emotional distress for an alleged prolonged harassment campaign. Among other complaints, they said they suffered rodent infestation, raccoons in the crawl space, black mold, broken appliances, a SWAT raid, sewage flooding, and to top it off, a blazing fire with 20 feet flames. This is not a movie plot. You guys, this is a real 53-page lawsuit, and it comes out that the landlord, former landlord, had hired people to burn down the building, a murder for hire, and Tark's like, y'all flip it. <laughs> it is so, I, it's not funny at all, but it's just outrageous. So according to Vulture, Tark became one of the partners attached to this property's redevelopment sometime while the previous landlord was still awaiting trial. Um, so this is what they said on Instagram, um, Tarek. While we are aware that the previous owner of the property has been involved with several serious legal matters, the partners of NoHo 138 previously and currently do not have any involvement, connection, or relationship with the seller, nor will they have any relationship in the future following the property transfer. So they said once acquired, Tem Capital, uh, Hem Capital, I don't know if it's TM or HM, whatever, you get it. A bunch of these different development groups, one of them being Tarix, one of them being Heathers, um, they said, we'll sensitively navigate the situation and follow all city guidelines for new developments. The goal is to work closely and respectfully with the current tenants by providing proper move out compensation and constructing a safe and pristine new apartment complex that will also include 14 low income units. So one of the tenants, her name is Claire Letman says, we reached out and said, hey, maybe you don't want to be involved in this. We still live here. How are you going to build this project in September if we're still legally living here? You know, talk to us. We're organized tenants. We're not just people who want to see a celebrity. We are serious. So this tenant, Clara Letman, said that she and the other residents of the complex, including a 77-year-old woman who moved into the building in 1982 and shares her month, her rental um, with her 56-year-old disabled son, obviously were appalled is the word that they used when Tarek posted this video talking about how excited he was to flip the apartment complex while they get eviction notices on the door. So obviously lots of backlash online. Tarek posted to his Instagram a very long written out um, post, which you can go on his page and see. The video, by the way, of his initial excitement to flip this 
location has been taken down, but it says, please let me clear something up regarding a new project. I am one of the partners of NoHo 138 working on purchasing the Hartsook property in North Hollywood for redevelopment. Even though I'm being dragged for false accusations and misconceptions, my intentions are to do good. And I hope that we can focus on the positive and the facts. He says, notices to the tenants were served by the current owner, not by me or the partners of NoHo 138. I'm not evicting anyone. We did not issue the Ellis Act relocation documents. He says, once acquired, NoHo's 138's goal is to construct a safe and pristine new apartment complex that will also include 14 low-income units. In addition, this project will provide hundreds of new jobs through the construction process, provide a boost to city tax revenue, which will be allocated for homeless programs and other socially impactful programs as promoted by the current city administration, create 131 new parking spaces to help reduce the impact of street parking, provide tenants an opportunity to come back and live in a newly constructed apartment, as well as create a beautiful new community to attract a diverse base of residents. I know it's a lot. Sorry, a lot of reading. This is like a mini deep dive right now. I know. He says the entire process has been and will continue to be handled according to the law and the existent tenants will continue to be treated respectfully and lawfully. Whoa. Wow. That is a lot. And this came out, I want to say over the weekend, and I was trying to figure out how can I break this down to a 60 second clip for the page. There was just absolutely no way to do it. I feel like Tarek... Whether he knew or not, you like, I just don't see how after this, anyone could want to be associated with this, especially Tarek. Like, how do you go through all of this mess, find out that the landlord did a murder for hire on these people and then are going to go on HGTV and be like, flip or flop, you know, like, I just do not understand why you would want to continue with this project. Maybe they already invested a bunch of money in it. I have no idea, Uh, but we will keep our eyes on that one. Okay. Headline number two, this one's going to be a lot shorter. Surprise baby, Nick Vial, Natalie Joy announced they are having their first child. Surprise. Not to brag, but if you're on the Patreon, you knew this was coming because your girl knew this was coming. Um, But obviously I can't like out somebody's pregnancy announcement, but we're very excited. Uh, Nick and Natalie, they're engaged. I don't know when their wedding was supposed to be, but they're having a baby. And this makes more sense now because last week we were talking about how Nick was talking about going on special forces, specifically with Tom Sandoval. He tells this story about how Tom Sandoval snuck photos of Raquel into special forces. And that was a big no-no. That's a big rule break. And Nick was like, I would have liked to have had a photo of Natalie with me while I was filming special forces. Well, now it makes more sense because Natalie was pregnant. So congratulations, a little Nick Vial. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? And I said, today's podcast sponsor is OneSkin. And if you have sensitive skin, listen up. We got to talk about their scientifically proven topical supplements. Free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red and itchy and irritated, all the stuff we hate. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate 
validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Not only that, they're the first and only skin longevity company to target cellular senescence, a key hallmark of aging. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer say no more. Get started today with 15% off using code POPTALKS at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTALKS. After your purchase, they're going to ask where you heard about them. Please support the show, support your girl, tell them I sent you because we give credit where credit is due here at MPT. Also on the page that news comes in threes, obviously we know Caitlin and Jason broke up. That's the deep dive this week, so we will get to it. Nick Vial, surprise baby. Abigail and Noah engaged. There's another one. I didn't know that Noah and Abigail were engaged. So that was just, I put it out there. But another announcement coming. Maybe I'll give you some more hints on the Patreon. Pop a batch link in the bio. Okay. Third and finally, last but certainly not least in the pop three, Bethany Frankel's reality reckoning. We've seen Bethany Frankel pop up all over the place, whether she's doing makeup reviews on her TikTok or whether she's burning NBC to the ground like that former landlord that Tarek is now allegedly in business with. Not in business with. <laughs> depends who you ask. Bethany Frankel is going scorched earth. She's calling it the reality reckoning. She is threatening to sue NBC and Bravo. So she enlisted attorneys Brian Friedman and Mark Garagos, who have been approached by around 80, they say, NBC reality stars claiming mistreatment on NBC shows, specifically Bravo. This comes after Bethany's lawyers sent NBC Universal a demand letter, letting them know they were investigating mistreatment of reality stars. So I think that this is an interesting point to note that they haven't actually filed a lawsuit. They pretty much just sent a letter to NBC Universal saying, We're on to you we're investigating this. You better buckle up because this is going to be a bumpy ride. So Brian Friedman expresses concerns to TMZ saying that everyone from children to mentally ill people have been exploited by reality shows. Friedman calls the allegations deplorable in response. An NBC spokesperson emphasized their commitment to ensuring a safe environment, adding that they work with third-party producers to address and remedy any complaints. So I just want to break down a couple of the main allegations from the letter sent to NBC Universal. I'm just going to go through these as bullet points. So one, a deliberate attempt to manufacture mental instability by applying cast members with alcohol while depriving them of food and sleep, denying mental health treatment to cast members, displaying obvious and alarming signs of mental deterioration, exploiting minors for uncompensated and sometimes long-term appearances on NBC reality TV shows, distributing and or condoning the distribution of non-consensual pornography, covering up acts of sexual violence, refusing to allow cast members the freedom to leave their shows, even under dire circumstances. So it's a lot. Um, But, you know, Bethany isn't the first Bravo person to ever say these things. I believe, you know, Nini, to my knowledge, was the first person to, if you want to call it, be a whistleblower, be a whistleblower and say, you know, these things happened on reality TV shows. I feel like in general, this reality reckoning, um, while it might be new to Bravo specifically, it's really not anything new to the reality world. We went through something similar uh, in the Bachelor franchise uh, when they had uh, the allegations on Bachelor in Paradise. We've been through something similar recently with Love is Blind. Um, So I think 
it's murky waters because could you make the argument that you know there are deliberate attempts to manufacture mental instability by applying cast members with alcohol and depriving them of food and sleep sure we've heard that from love is blind members i'm sure if you ask some bravo people they would say the same thing on the flip side of the argument you will have people that say no one is forcing this alcohol down your throat you signed a contract you know what you're getting yourself into and i think um <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying not to be Switzerland. I'm trying to like actually take a take a side here. Um, while yes, you are in control of your decisions. I think if you're on a reality TV show, you could be easily persuaded to maybe do something that you wouldn't normally do because you're on TV and it's your job. You're getting a big paycheck. You want to make sure that the show is good. And there's all of these other things that go into it. There's all these layers um, in the onion here, but. You want to know why Raquel Levis isn't filming season 11 of Vanderpump Rules? It's because Bethany Frankel probably got to her first and was like her knight in shining armor and was like, listen, Raquel, this show is taking advantage of you. They're taking advantage of this mistake that you made. They're exploiting it for their gain. And what are you getting in return? You're getting attacked on social media, you know, endlessly. So I would bet money that Raquel Levis is at the top of that 80-person reality TV star list that Brian Friedman says they have, you know, of reality stars complaining about the treatment that they've endured while filming these TV shows for NBC Universal. And, you know, I do think that if you're going to go through the gauntlet, because Raquel has gone through the gauntlet, like you should have some leveraging power because at the end of the day, is it worth it to sign on to your second or third full-time season of Vanderpump Rules, maybe making $70,000. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just estimating, but obviously the longer you're on these shows, the more money you get paid. So is it worth it to Raquel to go through this? It's, I mean, obviously it really has deteriorated her mental health. We haven't seen her. We haven't heard from her. Uh, she's been in treatment. She hasn't been back in California. So if you're going to get ripped to shreds, you might as well get paid the big bucks or you're not doing it. I think personally, it is a good time for Raquel to bow out, you know, find good people to surround yourself with, get a real support system, hopefully find peace within yourself to not let this one moment when you were 28 years old, define the rest of your life. You know, it's like, what is coming back to the show going to do for Raquel? Will people, will that group of people forgive her? I don't know. Some may, some may not. But to me, it's just not, it's not worth it to even try. Be with your family, be in Arizona, find something that you're passionate about, and live a good life. All right, let's move on to this week's deep dive. Every single week on my Instagram at Morgan P Talks, I open up the floodgates for you. What do you want to know more about? And of course, this week, a big Bachelor Nation breakup was confirmed. Our deep dive is from Kelly. Hey, Morgan, it's Kelly from Pine Island, Minnesota. I need more details about Jason and Caitlin's split. I'm so sad and honestly shocked and confused. Do you think they'll end up back together? Love following you on Instagram and the pod. Have a great day. I want to say love you like a sister Kelly because I hope she doesn't get mad at me for saying this, but Kelly, our girl, is at home sick with COVID. And she still did the deep dive submission. So Kelly girl, I hope you're feeling better. Thank you so much for your deep dive submission. I love you like a sis. Okay. 
We finally got the confirmation. I mean, we all knew what was coming for Caitlin and Jason. I mean, I remember I saw Caitlin's stories before I saw the joint Instagram post. And it was something along the lines of, you know, say a prayer for us. Our hearts are broken. And I was like, is this like their announcement? Because that's kind of a strange way to announce it. But then obviously we get the four paragraph long caption and I'm not shaming it. Like they had some things that they wanted to say and obviously they did. I'm not going to read the whole caption, but I will read some of it. It says, after sharing the news with family and close friends first and taking the time to properly process it ourselves, we are saddened with heavy hearts to share that we have decided to end our engagement. Continuing our friendship is incredibly important to both of us. We feel grateful to be ending our engagement with love and respect for each other. It's heartbreaking and sad to say goodbye, but our care and admiration for one another will never die. Let me just say this before I forget, and then I want to move on to like the timeline of their relationship. If you were planning on spending the rest of your life with someone, on marrying them, you're engaged, been together for four years, you live together, you're planning a wedding, you break up. Can you really be friends with that person? Am I just so toxic? I'm not friends with not one single ex-boyfriend of mine. I like it that way. (laughs) I want it that way. I mean, obviously, I wish them well. I didn't when I broke up with them or when they broke up with me because that's how that worked. Um, But like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, because we'll talk about this TMZ interview later, but she's like, you know, we're still good friends. We love and care for each other. We walk the dogs together. Like, But how do you go from one minute planning the rest of your life together, getting married, having babies, to being like, yes, we're good friends? How does that happen? Does that happen? I don't know. Okay. Let's look back on Caitlin and Jason's relationship timeline. While they didn't actually meet on the show, obviously we know them both from the Bachelor franchise. Jason was on Becca Kufrin's season, I believe. I didn't write that down. but And obviously we know that Caitlin uh, had her own season of The Bachelorette. Um, and Jason went on Caitlin's podcast. They first met in 2018 briefly, and then Jason went on Caitlin's podcast in 2019. Afterwards, he asked her out on a date. At that time, she was coming off of a breakup with Sean Booth, who she also was engaged to. She got engaged to Sean on the show. They were together, they were engaged, I believe, for about three years. So a few weeks later, after that first date, Jason and Caitlin confirmed that they were dating. It was about three months after that engagement with Sean Booth ended. And we recently heard from Sean on his podcast that the way he found out that Caitlin and Jason were together, you know, three months after they had broken up, was that Caitlin sent a text to Sean that was meant for Jason, which, oof, girl, we feel it for you. We've all been there though, right? Like when you're getting ready to text somebody and you're probably talking badly about somebody and you accidentally send it to the person that you're talking badly about. I'm the only one. No? Okay. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You want to spend your time outside and not in the kitchen. With Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. 
Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code poptalks50 at factormeals.com slash poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Jason and Caitlin moved in together. Caitlin goes on Dancing with the Stars. She hosts The Bachelorette. They get engaged in 2021. And it seems like for the past two and a half years, they have been trying to plan their wedding and they have gotten nowhere. You know, but the whole time while they were talking about the wedding planning process, it was excitement. It was, we're getting married. We're having babies on our vision board. You know, Caitlin said, I wouldn't mind being pregnant when I got married, but their approach to wedding planning was very different. In June of last year, Caitlin said that Jason is Mr. Spreadsheet is what she called it. Um, She said, this is just so us in our relationship. He's very numbers and logistics and spreadsheets. And I'm like, can we have a champagne fountain? Dancers swinging from the rafters. So, you know, Jason, if you want to put it in like just broad terms vary by the book where Caitlin is a little bit more of a free spirit. Um, but still, you know, not enough of a reason just because that just because I have different approaches to wedding planning, you know, to all of us, not a big enough reason to end their engagement. But in June, Caitlin celebrated her 38th birthday. They were together in July. They celebrated the 4th of July. And then in August, they broke up. So they have both publicly spoken about the breakup since the news dropped on Sunday. Jason, very briefly, you know, he has his podcast, Trading Secrets, which is about the economy, money. He's way too smart for me. Like, I don't understand a word that he's saying, but he's very knowledgeable in his career path. Um, And oh my gosh, you guys, if you listen, it really is heartbreaking. It's really tough. He does the intro and he says, you know, we record this in chunks pretty much. And and I already have this interview recorded with Blake and uh, Giannina, but I have to record the intro live be, or the night before for the most up-to-date information. He's like, I've already tried it once, did not go good. And I mean, yes, it, it went okay, I guess the second time around, but he's still holding back tears. He's You can still hear it in his voice. His voice is breaking saying, you know, we We shared the news with everybody that we have ended our engagement. And that's pretty much all he says. Uh, I can't remember specifically, but I don't think he says, you know, we're still the best of friends. We're still taking the dogs out on walks, which we have heard that from Caitlin in the past couple of days. So Caitlin was on her podcast, Off the Vine. And I'm guessing that she recorded this also some time ago. Um, But she was saying, um, I'm going through a breakup and not everybody knows about it yet. She says, but I am grieving a loss. I'm grieving the loss of a romantic partner. I'm grieving a loss of the dream I had for my future. Um, But having this big audience, people are expecting me to come out and tell them. She's like, you know, I've built this this platform on being an open book and and cultivating a community for myself. Um, And she's like, I'm really struggling with the fact that I I do share everything, but there's this one part of my life that I'm keeping private. And she says, you know, people, there are people that are supportive of that, but there are also people that are like rolling their eyes at that. And she, you know, she's like, in my mind, I'm thinking these people hate me. I'm going to lose, you know, everything that I've built. And, And this is kind of what I touched about on last week's episode, how even though these people are famous um, for being on a reality TV show, they're famous for being on a reality TV show. You know, it's not like they're Lady Gaga or Bradley Cooper or like these A-list celebrities. 
there's still normal people who just make a little bit more money now on Instagram. And she said it was really affecting her uh, mental health. So then we get this, I say, Scandaval-esque TMZ run-in at LAX um, where Caitlin Bristow gets the background interview. And I honestly, like when I saw this, I was like, okay, the new threshold for like how you know you've made it as a celebrity is if you have a run-in background interview at LAX. Because people are wanting to know what's going on with you. And if Backgrid is finding you at LAX, I've made it. So like if a scandal ever happens to me in life and you guys see Backgrid with my face on it, it's never going to happen. But just know that I might be going through a lot, but I'll be a little bit happy on the inside. But this interview also was just kind of, I don't want to say off-putting, um, but I feel like we're we're really getting every end of the spectrum when it comes to um, Caitlin's emotional process getting through this. You know, she's she's smiling, she's laughing, she's saying, um, we're good friends, you know, we're walking the dogs together, the door isn't closed, that's why the doors have handles, which I don't understand what that means. Does anybody understand what that means? She says, the door's not closed, the doors have handles. Am I stupid? Like, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't understand it. Um, but anyways, so... I think, you know, we see Caitlin on Instagram in one breath crying, you know, obviously. And then in the next breath, she's laughing at LAX. And I'm not saying that that's wrong because everybody handles grief and loss in a different way. And even if you're going through something hard, you're not going to be sobbing your eyes out 24-7. We also don't know how long they've actually been broken up. To me, it seems like this, by the way that they're acting, it seems like this has been a conversation that's been a while in the works. And while they might have been together on July 4th and they might have been together on Caitlyn's birthday, we don't know like where the relationship stood at those moments. But, you know, in this background interview, he asks, did you fall out in love? And she doesn't she doesn't say yes. She doesn't say no. She says, we love in each other. We love and respect each other so much. I am lost because it's like if you love and respect each other. And they both do sound very upset and the door isn't closed because they have handles, whatever that means. If you look at this, let's say they they were married. Let's look at this in the terms of marriage. You have rough patches. You know, what could have happened that was so pressing that you had to end the four-year relationship when you were planning on spending the rest of your lives together? And I think, you know, when you are influencers and you generate an audience that cares about you... It is human nature to speculate on what went wrong. What aren't we seeing? What are they hiding? I'm using air quotes. Because to me, you know, I see this interview and I'm like, I uh, I clearly don't know a big piece of this story. A lot of us don't know the big piece of the story. We're invested. Like you, like she said, she's an open book. It's It's okay to wonder why. But I think I've just made the conscious decision that while I initially had, you know, I don't want to say reasons, I guess just thoughts on maybe, I don't even know how I want to say it because it's like I had the thought, but it's not like I fully believe that that is the reason. I'll just be honest. The podcast clip of her that came out a couple weeks ago saying that when she was going through the bachelorette audition process, she told producers that she was interested in both men and women. 
And then however many weeks later, their engagement ends. Is it wrong that, you know, you initially have that thought, maybe this played into their breakup, but I had to check myself on that because why I made that assumption based off one comment, I don't think is fair. And also, while we don't know what Caitlin will do in the future, I would imagine that if she's telling that story now on our podcast, that Jason knows and had known about that. So I do think it's okay to have these thoughts and to wonder, you know, why, what happened. Um, I don't think it's okay to automatically put the blame on Caitlin, which I feel like she is getting a lot of, because like I said, there's a huge piece, piece of this story that we just do not know. And to automatically fill in the blank and say it's Caitlin's fault is presumptuous of us, of me. In that moment, I made that assumption. And like I said, I had to check myself on it. So also, you can speculate without being in their comment section. Like speculate with me. There's no reason to go on Caitlyn's Instagram and leave her all kinds of hate because her relationship didn't work out. And we don't know why. We don't. We don't. So I think I'm just being a little bit more mindful this time around of, of being okay with the information that they're giving to us. Because I do still think that influencers are entitled to some privacy. Do I hope they get back together? I do. I think they were super cute. I think they both were so supportive and encouraging of each other, you know, in their personal career endeavors as a team. Um, so I, I just have no idea. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. But I think if I want to leave you with anything, it's just, Let's not kick them while they're down. It's okay to speculate, but don't do it in the comments section. And two announcements down, one to go. What that will be? You never know. Okay, let's move on to final thoughts. We're going to talk about below deck down under. Now, I do want to give a trigger warning because this past episode of below deck down under, it's heavy. It's about sexual assault but I think it's very important. I used to be a devout below deck watcher um, back in the day. It, it did just get a little bit too much for me to keep up with because there's 18 million different below decks. There's 18 different housewives. There's summer house. There's bachelor. I just, I couldn't um, do it, but below deck is a great show. And the one that I, the one that everybody's talking about now, um, yeah, it's it was a tough one. So I'm just going to go ahead and break down the episode and then kind of give my thoughts. But like I said, we are going to do a trigger warning. Heavy episode about um, sexual assault. It was quite eerie to watch and I'm sure trigger, triggering for a lot of people that were um, watching. But I do think the overwhelming feeling from Bravo fans was how impressive both Aisha and Captain Jason were in handling the situation that really could have been detrimental. So let's do a quick, quick review of what happened on the episode. So the cast members that you need to know are Aisha, Laura, and Margot, um, Luke, and then Captain Jason, obviously all of them working on the boat. So they all come back onto the boat after this night out of drinking. Everyone's pretty intoxicated, right? But specifically Margot, who goes to her room, her cabin. I don't know what they call them 
on on the boat. But she and she she's passing like she's passing out. She's falling asleep. She's not with it. She's done for the night, which no shame in that, like at all whatsoever. Luke, who is also pretty intoxicated as the credits start rolling, runs into Margot's room um, naked and gets into her bed. And oh my gosh, you guys, even just like the visual and even talking about it, like I don't, I don't, I don't know why I'm trying not to tear up. I mean, obviously it's very just off-putting thing to see. And immediately, like after he gets into her bed, production immediately banging on the door, you know, they open the door. They're like, no, absolutely not, Luke. We cannot let you do this. They're trying to get him out of the bed. He's not really listening He's like, why? Whatever. He's slamming the door shut in their face. And production is just not having it whatsoever. Um, And it's like, in that instance, first of all, thank God that they were filming this show. Because had production not seen that, had, had producers not been there, who knows what could have happened? And also... You know that these production companies have protocol. You know they talk about these types of situations, what they're supposed to do in these types of situations. But to see it play out and to see how quickly and swiftly they were in there protecting Margot from a dangerous situation was just really in a very bad situation. It was very um, encouraging to see that. But as production gets Luke out of the room, still naked, he runs into Aisha. And Aisha can tell that something is wrong. She sees in the room that Margot has passed out and Luke is running out of the room naked. She gets immediately very emotional, as I think any one of us that were in her situation would. And she wakes up Captain Jason. It's the middle of the night, right? She's very upset. Captain Jason is like, what is wrong? What is wrong? And she explains what she had just saw. I just saw Luke running out of Margot's room naked. She is passed out. She is not in a place to consent to someone being naked in her room. It's just a bad situation, right? So Captain Jason immediately goes and finds Luke. Luke has locked himself in his room, locked Culver out of his room. Captain Jason immediately kicks him off the boat and is like, you're going to stay in a hotel tonight. I need you to get dressed. You can come back on the boat tomorrow. We'll talk about it. So then Captain Jason has a sit-down meeting with everybody. And he's like, you know, something happened last night. I take your uh, safety and protection is like my top concern. Luke is no longer with us. And this girl, Laura, she's like, are we able to say goodbye? And he's like, no, you guys will not be seeing him. Laura had an issue with that because I guess she liked Luke or something, which I'll get to that in a second. But She's like, I wish we could say goodbye. What? Like, she's thinking that Captain Jason is blowing the situation out of proportion, which is just really unsettling. It's like, if the scene enough with Luke wasn't unsettling, to then see Laura, like, questioning her superior on a situation of potential assault is just, like, wild to me. Um, But Captain Jason calls Luke in. He says, last night was unacceptable you no longer will be working on the boat. And for however awful what Luke did was, he did take that. He didn't fight it. He was like, I understand. I'll leave. You know, And that was the end of Luke. Obviously not making any excuses because it's just appalling. But I'm just saying he didn't, he didn't fight back against Captain Jason. He just left. 
So Laura is then upset that Luke left and she makes comments to Margot, to the girl that was in the situation, things like, was it really that bad? And, oh, I wish Luke would have just come into my room. I would have welcomed it. And I mean, you're just sitting there and your skin is just crawling. Like your bones are trying to crawl out of your skin. And she's like, Luke is just, Luke is just a sexual guy, Margo. You're a sexual girl. And it's like, do you realize what you're doing right now? I really don't think that she did. And long story short, Laura's comments also got her fired. Aisha caught wind of it. Margot told her. Aisha told Captain Jason. Captain Jason is like, you have also been inappropriate towards another male crew member, Adam, who says you're hanging all over him when they go out. You've made these inappropriate comments to Margot. And he's like, you're done too. Off the boat. And I just think Captain Jason in that moment set the precedent for what will and will not be tolerated on that boat. And I just commend him so much for that. The leadership that was exhibited by both Captain Jason and Aisha is just like, uh, that's a masterclass in how to handle a scary situation, an intense situation. I just think it's a good reminder to look out for each other. And I know that sounds so silly and it seems crazy to think in 2023 that these things are still happening. You would think that everybody in the world would be on the same page when it comes to, you know, consent and right and wrong and moral standards. And then you see something like this and you're like, wow, there are really still people out there that operate like this. But it's like for however many bad people there are out there, you have the Captain Jasons, you have the Aishas that are going to have your back. They're going to protect you. They're going to be in your corner. And I'm glad Margot had those people in her corner. And, you know, I hope you have some good people like that in your corner, too. All right, you guys, that does it. Another episode of MPT in the books. Don't forget the Patreon is popping off. If you want to know the Bachelor tea before anybody else, you got to subscribe to Pop of Batch. It's in the show notes below. $3 a month for four to five extra episodes. And then, of course, if you sign on for Extra Pop, which comes out every Monday, it's $5 a month for 10 extra episodes and you get Pop of Batch included. So if you want to be a legit insider, if you want to be my real sister, my real girly, make sure you sign up for the Patreon. If not, I'll see you back next week for another episode of MPT. And as always, love you like a sis. A Huda Media Production.